the galaxy is full of film, and this is the Galaxy of Film Podcast. Alright, and welcome back to the brand episode of Galaxy of Film. I'm your host, Max. I am, of course, joined with Danilo, my trusty co-host. How has it been the past week, sir? How have you been? It's been alright, man. You know how it is. Yeah. Real, um... <laughs> real descriptive, buddy. We're not alone this week, though. We do have, of course, our... Basically, you know, most reoccurring guest star at this point. I think you've reclaimed the spot from Silver... Welcome back, Curtis. How have you been? It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, no, doing good, man. Doing good. Always happy to be on. Yeah, I'm always glad to have you on, man. And um, joining us again, finally, for the, the second time. I say finally, like it's only been like maybe a month or so. But I'm um, David from Piecing It Together. How have you been, man? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. Thanks uh, thanks for having me back. I'm glad we're able to do it. Of course, man. It's great having you on. Um, for our listeners, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our episode about Zola and American Honey, David joined us for that. Be sure to give that a listen. Because um, if you're listening today, you're more than likely like A24 films. So give that episode a listen for sure. Um, both two really fucking good movies. But today, we're talking... Um, doing a Safety Brothers double feature talking about Good Time and Uncut Gems two, two movies you'll hear our thoughts about in just a couple minutes but before we dive into the news this week we do go ahead and announce the winners for our Fuck Jared Leto stickers we brought those back for our, su- our The Suicide Squad episode um, so for the two winners for iTunes reviews uh, we surprisingly we got a bunch of iTunes reviews but um only two people listened and actually wrote. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> so Sick. thank you two that actually listened. Uh, <laughs> Directions 101, guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the first one's from Hope World Lex. Uh, the title is 10 out of 10 love it. And the uh, review says absolutely love it. The commentary is also funny, informative, and I just love hearing their thoughts on all these different films. Thank you so much for this review. You've won a fuck your little sticker with some other Galaxy of Film stickers. And the other one is from The Nugget 38. It says five stars. And it uh, the description is Max the Suit Guy knows his stuff, man. I enjoy the podcast, man. Who's Max the Suit Guy? It's me, dipshit. Well, you're not in a suit, bud. Okay, dude. All right. Your I went to high school Max. with this kid. Fuck off. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> high school friend? Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Did he have your back in high school? I suppose so. Well, it's a yes or no question, bud. It's not an I suppose so question. Okay, dude. All right. You know, hang on. Real quick. You know what was some real good high school information that I got when I was out of high school? What is that? Swing on someone you don't like because you only get tried as a child. Like, the worst that could happen is they suspend you. (laughs) You know, if someone's bullying you, swing on them if you're, like, 17 and under. Yeah, that's like an official rule. Uh, That's what I always grew up hearing. Really? See, I got that when I was, like, 19. And I'm like... Damn it! I wish someone told me that earlier. Dude, you're like five feet tall. But I'll swing on anyone. I may not but last it... long in the ring, but I'll swing on anyone. I got your back, Max, on anything. Oh, we're up against like someone who's seven foot. I, I, I'd go first, bud. Yeah, dude. The picture we took together in Atlanta for the Kanye show. Me sitting down is about as tall as you are. Bud, that would be five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Let's go ahead. It's hard for me to find pants, bro. It's hard to find pants. Is it? Yeah, I fucking can't, man. <laughs> like, like the the like the khaki is in the jeans. That's what it's hard to find. Like the Where sweats, do you, get your you know, pants the short. Anywhere I can find it that has my size. Anywhere I can find it that has my size. Like I'll go to Gap. I'll go to American Eagle. I'll go to Banana Republic. Lululemon. Like I'll pay top dollar for a pair of nice pants. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry, oh, dude. On, only khakis, though. I'm not buying jeans, bud. I'm sorry, buddy. I can find pants everywhere I go. Yeah, I know you can, man. Same. I can find it at Costco. Costco <laughs> usually has it all, bud. David, can you find pants pretty easily? Yeah, but I mean, uh, ever since COVID, I just wear gym shorts all day, every day. I don't wear pants anymore. What an absolute legend. Even you in the winter, man. dude? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You nuts it's don't cold. get cold in the winter? It's oh, it gets, it gets real cold, but uh, you got to do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> Come on, buddy. Come on. This man said, fuck pants. That's <laughs> we right. got a pandemic going on. Jesus exactly. Christ. <laughs> got to stay alive. Jesus Christ, man. Let's go ahead and dive into the news this week. Not too, too much to cover. Um, first up, it has been confirmed Riri Williams... The Ironheart will make her debut in the MCU in Black Panther 2 instead of her show at first. Um, I'm pretty excited for this, actually. I'm all for having a proper start to a character. And um, I think we've talked about this before during one of our previous episodes. One of my favorite things the MCU does that the DCEU refuses to do, basically, are these almost seamless crossovers like Doctor Strange being in Thor Ragnarok. Um, the little Tony Stark cameo at the end of Incredible Hulk and whatnot. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have this news confirmed. Curtis, any thoughts on this? No, I mean, kind of the same thing on your, um, so I'm excited to see what they do with her. Um, I know that she's a controversial character, at least in my group of people that talk about her. Um, so excited to see what they do with her, you know, excited to see, you know, what they do with it, the next, um, piece of the Iron Man story. So I'm super excited. Do you know, um, is she going to be in the Iron Wars show? The the War Machine show we're getting? I am not too sure on that, actually. Okay. I imagine she will, but I I really wonder if we'll see uh uh Pepper come back in that so she got the rescue armor as well and then in the we end of Endgame. Might, but Paltrow has said she's had some conflict with Disney saying she doesn't want to really really want to come back anymore and do Pepper anymore. Mm-hmm. After um Endgame. Oh well. It'd be cool though. I'm looking yeah. forward to the to Black Panther 2 especially. Um, Danilo, how do you feel about this news at all? I don't even know who this character is, but kind of cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just looked her up. I didn't know who it was. Yeah, she's like a woman. Yeah. Iron Man? Basically. Okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> David, any comments? That, that's about all I got as well. I mean, it's a female Iron Man. I'm sure she'll be cool. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, up next, we got our first look at the Netflix... Hey, hey, real quick, real quick. Do you think Shuri's could be Riri Williams? Shuri? No, this is a... There's a casting... Um, there's oh, already who, an actress who's, cast. Who's, who's playing it, then? Ooh, uh, I forget. We talked about that a, a long time ago when we first started the show, when it was announced. Okay. Uh, Do you see she got injuries on Black Panther 2 today? Uh, the girl who plays Shuri? Yeah, yeah. the theater, right? Yeah. Oh, I did not see that. That's what kind of injuries? Okay, bud. How many Thorn is her name? Minor injuries. You. I think. Is that, is that what I'm saying? Come on, bud. It's it's the news segment, bud. Come on. Okay. Okay. Okay, buddy. Let's go, okay. dog. 
We're going to first look at the Netflix exclusive Cowboy Bebop live action series. Curtis, you're shaking your head. I know you're an anime fan. How are you feeling about this? I am so scared in every conceivable way. Mm -hmm. So like you said, I'm a big anime person. And Cowboy Bebop is hands down one of, if not top tier anime of all time. And to see what they're doing with it, I'm scared because anything live action anime has not been good um, in mm-hmm. recent years. Uh, but I don't know. I'm just not super. I'm I'm sure they're gonna give them their best because um, they had a couple set stuff photos come out this week um, with everybody in costume and on some locations. Mm-hmm. Um, they look fine. Um, oh, what's his name? David Cho, Jonathan Cho, who's playing Spike. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He, the interviews I've seen him do for this, he does not seem super thrilled about it, and I don't know if they're gonna capture what made Cowboy Bebop actually very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch it. I'll give it a chance, but I'm not holding out too much hope for it. Did you watch that? Um, it was Death Note, right? They did a live action remake for a couple years ago. Oh yeah. Jesus that, Christ, that dude. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awful, I assume. <laughs> Yeah, hot garbage. Yeah, I didn't watch the anime show, but I watched that live action thing and watched those the were anime so good. Th- those were some hours I'll never get back. Same. See, the only um live action anime project I've watched was uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> you sad, sad soul. That's how I was introduced Whoa. to Dragon Ball. What about oh, Avatar? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> what about Avatar? Man? So bad. I watched the show growing up. Yeah, but didn't you watch live action ones since you're like blowing M Night? Yeah, that's right. Shut the fuck up, bud. Oh, okay, it's the worst you, movie dude. that came Yo, out man, this year. Shut the fuck up. We're not arguing about M Night tonight. God damn it, dude. He was going to ruin yeah, well, some shit. We'll David, be arguing about f- something else. Okay, David, how do you feel about the Cowboy Bebop live action show? Yeah, I don't follow uh, anime too closely, so it'll exist and I'll never see it, but I'm sure <laughs> it'll be maybe good. That's exactly how I feel. I'm not uh, an anime person at all. I was mm-hmm. interested a little bit because. Uh, Steve Blum voices Spike, I know that much. So maybe I'll give it an episode, like the original, at some point, and then maybe I'll watch the pilot of this. But, uh, I have as much faith in this show as I do the CW Powerpuff Girls. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, bud, that's not a lot. Yeah, we've talked about that guy knows how fucking many episodes at this point. Seven. So. (laughs) (laughs) Christ. Uh, Any any other comments you want to add, Danilo, about the Cowboy Bebop show? Yeah, I thought this was like a sequel to Cyberpunk. Until you guys started saying it was some anime show, so. Yeah, oh, pretty cool. <laughs> Won't see me watching it, though. Jesus. Uh, okay, up yeah. next, we have a remake of Nosferatu in the works, starring Anna Taylor Joy, and it's going to be directed by Robert Eggers, director of The Witch and The Lighthouse. How do you feel about this, Danilo? I'm I'm excited for it because I like Anna Taylor Joy. She's booked and busy, unlike um someone else who tweeted that out um last year, John Borrega. Yeah, that's right, bro. You fucking blow dick. Anyway, <laughs> though, uh yeah, Anna Taylor Joy though. Like I'm excited to see her in it. Um, someone said I hope she plays a vampire. I actually wouldn't be opposed to that, dude. I think that would be kind of sick. That would be yeah. And I think Edgar's could pull it off, or Eggers, because he's just he has just a mind. He has a mind of something else. And you know he's going to bring in all the lore, 
that he that needs to go in mm-hmm. that needs to go in to make this because he did that for the witch or the v- v- witch whatever you want to call it he did that for the lighthouse one thousand percent oh yeah and I can't wait I can't wait to see this mm-hmm. you have a good horror director who's not really horror and you have a great actress what could go wrong I, said I the agree Irish fully. Minnie Martin Scorsese you um you brought up the lighthouse real quick did you ever read the the manga of the lighthouse. <laughs> I'm but serious. Did you really just ask? But did you just seriously ask me if I fucking read something? <laughs> Come on, man. How many times Take do I say an episode that I don't read? No, I didn't read it. My it's, my my cousin might have it. In manga, you said? It's weird. It's like a, a promotional thing. I think theaters gave him out. If like as a freebie. Yeah, my cousin probably has it. I'll ask him. It's He's you know what I'm talking about, Curtis? Stuff. Yeah. It's, it's weird. like a small little comic, right? It's really yeah. weird. Yeah, he probably has it. I'll, I'll check with him. Get it's back to him, bud. Such an oddball little freebie for, you know, a movie worth uh, Robert Pattinson jerking off. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> it was Pattinson's best movie. Oh boy, David. Any comments on this news? I I'm excited for anything any of the people involved in this movie do. So yeah, mm. can't wait. I I and I think that would be awesome if she's a vampire. That would be great. I mean he. He's such a weird character, so, I mean, why not go a completely different direction with casting? I agree. I agree. Curtis, anything else you'd like to add to this? No, just super excited. I think they got a really good director to do it. Um, I think his style's going to work really well for the story of Nosferatu. So, super excited to see that. Awesome, awesome. Now, I think we're all, all ready to talk about this. The biggest news that came out this week, we finally got a trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Danila, would you like to give a brief description of this trailer? Yeah, first I gotta ask the group, though. Who watched the leaked one? I did. Okay, fuck you. I, did I didn't. No one else <laughs> did? did Great. <laughs> you know, real cinema fans there. Max fucking retard, man. Anyway, though, what happened in this trailer? Uh, MJ and Peter are flirting up on the little uh, roof there. You know, maybe some action happened off screen. Who, who fucking knows? Who fucking cares? Um, then he goes to see Doctor Strange because he's in a bit of a shitstorm because everyone knows his identity. And then Doctor Strange is like, yeah, I can I can kind of make people forget. And then something happens there where you just see, like, shit go off the fan. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the trailer just, like, fucking explodes for the last, like, 30 seconds. Because it's only, like, the last 30 seconds where we see everything. Just some insane montage of... I really don't know how to describe it, but just just images that look really cool. <laughs> uh, we see Doctor Strange on a train with Peter Parker... We see Peter running in a, in a new black suit. We see an electric storm, maybe with Sandman. Mm-hmm. We see the Green Goblin pumpkin bomb. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And then the biggest reveal at the end was, um, I'm going to butcher his name, Alfred Molina Mo- came in as Doc Ock and said, hello, Peter. Mm. And that was it. There's, and um... then the internet watched it 355 million times. Mm-hmm. In 24 hours, you brought up the That's black insane, suit. Insane, dude! That you see yeah. Peter running. Um, there's yeah, yeah. one. I think it's like two frames. If you pause, that's yeah, it. the electric shot. It's the electric storm that comes. In no, with no, the no, sand. not that. There's another frame where you can kind of see an outline of a character, like in the dark. People yeah. are speculating that it's oh, Lizard yeah. from the first Amazing Spider-Man. Oh that's yeah, that's why I he has the that. slash yeah, yeah. across his chest. Hmm. Yeah, see, I don't think that's our Peter in that black suit. I did. The, I think they did color. We'll talk about it. But I think they did color correction in that trailer. Okay. I think. I think that's his regular red and black suit. I think Toby's? when we see. No, uh, Tom Holland's. 
Oh, you think we're going to get Venom in this as well? No. When we see Peter Parker running in his yeah. black suit, I think that's color corrected. When okay. we see that black suit fly in the sandstorm, I think that's either Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield. And same with the uh, the other one, what you just mentioned Iron before. Spider? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same I think the, the last scene where you see Spider-Man like, do a little crouch thing where he iron spiders up, that's yeah. definitely Toby, in my opinion. I'd, they just swapped the body out because he does that pose throughout the whole fucking trilogy. Yeah, well, I have a home. lot of predictions on this, this story, so we'll talk about it in a minute until we... Um, David, any any comments in this trailer before we get to the predictions? I mean, story-wise, I, I really don't know what to expect aside from them just throwing a whole lot of stuff in. And, you know, with, like, Black Widow and then and then Shang-Chi and, and now this and Doctor Strange 2, I mean, I really don't know what exactly the direction of all this stuff is. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it looks fun. It, that's all I can really <laughs> say. You know that I'm not, like, a super, like, big Marvel guy. But I yeah. see all the movies, of course. And it looks fun. Okay, I feel you on that. I, I don't know the direction either. That's the crazy thing. Because, like I said, uh, Shang-Chi coming out in next week, actually. And then November we have Eternals. We also have the Hawkeye show and Miss Marvel coming out this year on Disney Plus. And then you know we kick off Spider Man and Doctor Strange two. We know Loki will be in Doctor Strange two. It seems like we're going to be getting almost three large arcs at once. Right. Um, the multiverse stuff, whatever the hell's going on with Shang Chi kind of thing. If that makes because I'm I'm hoping that will tie into something bigger with the Ten Rings, like you know I, I could be wrong. It could just be a solo project, and we'll never hear from these characters again as far as uh, the antagonists go. Um, but then we also have the the strictly solo stuff like Hawkeye and Miss Marvel going on forward. So I don't know what this what the point of this phase is where we're going. Um, it could just be aside from the multiverse stuff, like a regrouping phase. Like, just yeah. giving everyone a moment to breathe for some character development before we get another big crossover movie. God knows when, because Kevin Feige said, I believe, this week, the not-to-expect-Avengers 5 anytime soon. So, yeah. who the hell knows, really? Truly. Curtis, any comments before uh, we get some predictions? Uh, no, I'm just super, super excited for this movie. I think for a lot of us who grew up on the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. seeing Alfred Molina in Doc in that Doc Ock outfit again, just brought back a lot of memories. I'm super excited. Um, I think that Calvary says hello, Peter. I think he's obviously speaking to Toby. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also that theory, I don't know if you've seen it, to where people are kind of matching up when the stuff happens with Strange, when everything's fucking up, matching that with the events of Loki and WandaVision. Oh, okay. That's why that's going fuck up. That's like being real fucky. Okay, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it's kind of a theory that's going out right now, so I'm excited to see what this movie does. If it's, I kind of see it being kind of fan servicey, but like in a good way. Yeah, I've seen all these old Spider-Man coming out, so I'm super excited for it. I um, the one thing I don't want to call it a prediction. I'm pretty certain about it. We seen the trailer. Wong, he opens the portal up. He has this little suitcase, whatever. He's leaving. Pretty sure he's going to go fight Abomination, which we'll see in Chang Chi uh, next week. So I'm assuming this movie takes place during the same time. I don't know how long before it takes place it's kind of weird if the mcu stuff um getting certain movies out of order like black widow especially but uh daniela what are some predictions you have for this movie 
All right, so I'm going to go through the timeline and how I think this thing's going to going to go down. Okay. I think the opening is going to be obviously it picks up right where it left off. It's what it seems like. So we're going to yeah. go run with that. And I think they're going to I think MJ and Peter are going to have a fight. They're going to bicker about it. Like every relationship, they're going to bicker like, "Oh, why aren't you tell me sooner?" whatever. And that's why Peter goes to see Doctor Strange. And I think that's I think that's old Doctor Strange. I don't think we saw it in the trailer. I think the Doctor Strange we see in our trailer is a totally new Doctor Strange from another multiverse. But he goes to see our dickhead Doctor Strange, and he's like, I ain't doing that for you, Peter. You know, you're fucking gay. Anyway, though, <laughs> the multiverse opens up regardless. It opens up with Wanda and opens up with Loki. It opened mm-hmm. up with Loki. So it opens up regardless of what Doctor Strange is going to do. Yeah. You know, so it, it's already opened up. And then that's when we see them flying in there into okay. the, you know, how like it kind of does that weird thing in the trailer yeah and dr strange goes to somewhere and so does peter and peter goes to the molina timeline or whatever the hell you want to call it and then that's where he's trying to get his lawyer and every everything i don't think that charlie cox guy right that's his name yeah Daredevil, Daredevil, yeah. yeah that guy ain't gonna be in this i'll bet you five dollars right now he ain't gonna be in this and if he is it's gonna be a post-credit scene of like he just hands peter a business card i don't think we'll see a trial or them interrogating these people until like the very last act. Really? Like, yeah. And I think it's just going to be mainly this whole multiverse thing of it's opened up. Peter's now trying to get back to, and that's the Dr. Strange we see. He's trying to use the new Dr. Strange to get back to his old timeline. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Strange is like, you're messing up my thing. And that's why he's asking all those questions where the only way he can go back to his original timeline is if everyone forgets. You know, okay. but he doesn't want that because he wants to date MJ. He wants his friend, shit like that. I don't know how the hell they're going to tie Melina and uh, all these villains in together. Mm-hmm. That seems very, very fan servicey, like Curtis said, and very hard to pull off to pull in all those types of villains. You know, if they're teasing all of them, if it's only two or three, okay. But look at the Amazing Spider-Man two. Yeah, that had like three villains, and that movie's as much as I love it, it's shit. Even Spider-Man yeah. Three, I mean, had three villains, and it was hard to balance. Yeah, that was the main problem. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yep. yeah. So I don't know how they're gonna do with it, deal with it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I do think the Doctor Strange we've seen, like that hoodie and coat and uh, cape, I don't yeah. think that's our Doctor Strange. He seemed completely out of fucking character. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, interesting. yeah. See, I do think we're gonna see uh, Charlie Cox in this because um, whenever they wrapped filming, there was a. The, the teaser poster, just the the title, the logo, basically. Yeah, His yeah, signature's yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm saying, I don't think he's going to be in it, though, until, like, a post credit scene. Okay. Where he does hand Peter the his business card, saying, this is how you're going to get out of this now. You know, okay. I think he will get back to his timeline eventually, but... So you think the, the reveal of Peter Parker's Spider-Man won't be resolved in this? Not at all. Okay. And I hope it's not. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, open-ended. Um, one thing, dude, that I hope, I think it would just be absolutely fucking off-the-walls hilarious, is, uh, since we're dealing with multiverse shit, why the fuck not? We get Charlie, we, not Charlie, excuse me, we get Matt Murdock, he comes across the screen, we see, uh, the, the, the camera's focusing on his feet, we see the little cane walking across, it, you know, pans upwards to his suit as he's walking across the room, but it's Ben Affleck. <laughs> I would love it, dude. I would fucking lose my goddamn mind if Ben Affleck was in there. 
Why, why would that be Affleck something be still left in here? Because he was the original Daredevil. Yeah, right, Daredevil. Oh, and Daredevil. Really? Yeah, the two thousand three yeah, film. Really bad. Oh, I don't even remember that one. Uh, John it's Favreau's not. in that actually. Yeah, yeah as um, he's uh, Foggy. Foggy. Oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know yeah. much about Daredevil. Oh, the show's good. I like Daredevil. Um, season one's slow, man. Until you get to the the Kingpin episode, where it's just his yeah. whole. Or I think it's what episode seven or six. It was almost it's almost another series, you know, of that it, first it's a part. Damn good episode, dude. And he's rumored first to be in. It was so good. He's rumored to be in Hawkeye. I fucking hope so, man. Oh. But yeah, um, that's the only thing I just I hope, dude. I'm hoping this is all pulled off well. Um. I'm fucking excited for it, for sure. <laughs> I just want to see Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield have a nice hug again at the end. After she died. Yeah, buddy. Her, her neck's fucking broken. Sorry. Then why was she with Peter Parker's girlfriend from the Sam Raimi thing in New York together? Why were they hanging out? Look, She's gonna dude. be in the film, bud. Look, dude. Look. Buddy, I'm happy just, Sam Raimi's not coming back for Spider-Man ever again. It's just Doctor Strange trash. 2? Yeah, just Doctor Strange 2. Because Doctor Strange blows cock as well. Fuck Bandit Cumberbatch, bud. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Curtis, do you have any predictions or any just hopes for this movie? Um, yeah. So what I hope is if they start bringing in... I, what I hope they don't do is go super fan service on a lot of the villains. Um, I think maybe keep like a nice small number. Concise would be good. Because we've seen that issue, like we said, with Spider-Man 3 and basically Spider-Man 2. You mm -hmm. have too many villains... And you, not everyone's going to get the same amount of screen time. Yeah. Um, but I feel like almost with the Neil that we're going to pick up where the you know, last movie left off. It looks like they're dealing with a lot of like you know the repercussions of Mysterio. Mm -hmm. um, going into the multiverse. I just hope... I don't know. It's I'm, I'm going to say like the first like maybe 25, 35, like 30 minutes. Deal with the immediate stuff from like uh, the last Spider-Man movie. In that last like hour and a half or so is going to be the, all the new stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I hope they don't have everyone's mind erased because I'm actually excited now that, that MJ and Peter know who they are, or yeah. know who he is, that their relationship can finally move forward instead of having to re like regress back into that old like you know type. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm, just, I'm excited to see what they do with this. I'm I'm I don't know. Which is a good thing. I like not going into a theater or to a movie not knowing what the plot's gonna be. Yeah, I feel you on that. Let me um, let me ask you this though, Curtis, because you you seem to be a big fan of the the Spider-Man films. So, <clears throat> the Morbius trailer. There's a scene where we see Toby Spider-Man like a artwork of him on a wall, and spray painted across him says "Murderer." We know as a viewer. That this is a reference to Mysterio's death, even though it's Toby Spider-Man. Do you think that possibly by the end of this film, we're gonna see the Spider-Men thrown around again in other movie in this this other universes, to where we could possibly see Andrew's Spider-Man return in another film? It, it's a possibility mm -hmm. that um, because if we're going. Because the, these leaks came out a while ago, but we know Toby's locked in for this film, so we know he's going to be in it. Yeah. Um, Andrew has always... He's the one that people are like, we don't know if he's going to be in it. Well, there were leaks. I, I saw a leaked photo. He's in this movie for sure, dude. Okay. Yeah. Um, Personally, for me, I wasn't the biggest fan of the, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Me either. 
Um, yes, sick one, guys. Sick <laughs> one. It's not against Andrew. He, he's too pretty to be a Peter Parker. Anyway, uh, I don't know. It's take my Peter Parker. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, I don't know. That's the big thing is I don't know, and that's what makes me excited. Is I don't know. Okay. I'm I'm here for it, dude. It is exciting. Um, David, do you have any predictions or hopes for this at all? Just that they're able to balance it all because, I mean, if they're going with the whole fan service thing and Spider-Verse and all that stuff and having all these different versions of Spider-Man and all these different characters, I just, I hope that they know what they're doing and actually, you know, manage to balance this into an actual movie and not just a fan service, uh, you know, extravaganza. Fair enough. I think, um, I, I don't know if this is more of a hope or just a prediction. I know originally we were supposed to get three Spider-Man, tri- Spider-Man trilogies for the MCU, right? We got the, the high school years, college, and then adult stuff. And we, I kind of think we all kind of assumed for either the, the end of the college thing or this, the adult trilogy, we're going to see Peter train Miles and then Miles take over at some point. Mm-hmm. I wonder because in Homecoming we see, uh, Donald Glover, and he's playing uh, Aaron Davis, the Prowler, for that brief scene. And we also know, you know, Donald Glover voices Miles in the Ultimate Spider-Man show. I'm wondering if, for an end credit scene, or just some point in this, if we'll see a kid Miles. Just a name drop. That way we tease him for that second or third trilogy. Because it looks like with these... Because Sony, this week, I think, renamed their little Spider-Verse series going on. Um, with the, the Venom 2 and Morbius thing. I'm wondering if we will get a little tease for that eventually happening. It'd be kind of cool, as long as it's not, you know, him in a fucking suit already. <laughs> but, um, does anybody have any closing comments for, uh, for No Way Home? No? I'm excited. <laughs> yes, Danilo? I hope Jake Gyllenhaal comes back. Okay, dude, fuck off. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into shows this week. Uh, let's start with episode three of Marvel's What If. Daniel, go ahead and give us a bit of a breakdown for this episode. Okay. So, what if the Avengers got picked off one by one when Nick Fury tried to uh, recruit the Avenger initiative? Well, this show answers that question, and that was the plot. Uh, Iron Man died. Bruce Banner died. Scarlett Johansson's character died. Probably because she's trying to sue Disney. And <laughs> who, was, who was the last one who died? Hawkeye and Thor. Uh, Hawkeye and Thor both died. Everyone died. Except Everyone Steve. fucking died. Yeah, except for Steve. Uh, because one person and one person only. Hank Pym. Okay, Michael Douglas. Sick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was cool. Just, just I mean, that's it? <laughs> that was it, man. I mean, he recruited him at the end. He recruited Captain Marvel and fucking Joe Blow Captain America. You know? Like, sick, dude. So you, you aren't liking this show, really? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. This was the best plot, though, out of all three of them, because there was a plot there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a bunch of fucking jump cuts every 20 seconds throwing me into another, like, mini-adventure. Um, But, yeah. It's a fine show, but I could care less for it. I it's appreciate fine, the talent. Opinion, I appreciate, yeah. yeah, I appreciate the talent. I appreciate the work that goes behind it, but it's not clicking for me. 
See, I'm actually thankful this is the, the one show out of Marvel and, and Star Wars that we've gotten so far with these Disney Plus exclusives where I'm not having to rush to wake up at fucking 3 in the morning before work to watch this. I'm not being spoiled. Like, WandaVision, dude, I was waking up every early every day, every week, every fucking Friday for that show. This is the only one I don't have to do that. 3 a.m., baby. 3 a.m. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're getting um, something less spoilery. Because, you know, if... um. For example, last week, dude, if the Thanos thing got spoiled for me, who the fuck cares? It's not really canon. I mean, it's canon, but it's not live-action canon, you know? It's not that big of a deal. It's a fucking voice-acting role. You know, I have one-off stories. Uh, personally, for me, I this was probably my favorite of the three. I really liked last week's episode, the the Chalas Star-Lord thing. Um, it had a unique plot. I got some payoff, finally, for the first time since, what, 2009? For watching The Incredible Hulk, <laughs> it felt like. Um, also, some payoff for, for Ant-Man, finally. So, I mean, and for Thor. I fucking hate the first Thor movie. I hate do, you like the, do you like The Incredible Hulk? The uh, first one? Uh, not really. As a kid, though. As a kid, did you like it? Did you watch it as a kid, or did you watch it when you were older? I didn't watch it until I was, like, 14, I think. Okay, so yeah, you probably hated it. See, I watched it when it came out. Mm-hmm. That movie was sick. Like, that scene where he's in the university and he's throwing the tanks at everyone. He's just yeah. absolutely bodying these guards and everything. He fucking breaks that guy's back or whatever. He, like, slams him into a tree. Mm-hmm. You see that as a kid? Like, that was fucking lit. Yeah, I like that scene. Like, as an yeah. adult, I still like it. But, like, overall That's the only the movie, scene I remember. That's the only thing I remember from that movie. Overall, as yeah. a movie, I'm not a big fan of it specific, um, in particular. It's... I don't know, but it's just odd looking back at it because that is the only, and you can argue the whole uh, Terrence Howard, Don Cheadle thing, but is the only major, for sure, casting that's been redone from Edward Norton to uh, Mark Ruffalo. It's just odd looking at it, man, because they don't they don't look anything alike, they don't talk anything alike, they don't act anything alike either. So it's really, it's it just feels out of place when I'm rewatching it today. But I finally had some fucking payoff for watching Thor. I... I hate that first Thor movie so much, dude. I hate Thor 2 as well. Why? Um, the first Just Thor? That's, that's a question for a different time, bro. Just kidding. Hey, was Hank Pym Yellow Jacket? Yes, he created the suit. It was stolen from him. Oh, okay. See, I, I don't remember Ant-Man that well. So yeah, I, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I had some payoff for watching that yeah, movie finally. Yeah, okay. Okay, I got you, dog. I got you. Wrap it up, bud. Wrap it up. Yeah, Curtis, you know any, any thoughts on episode 3? Uh, not really. I'm not particularly the biggest fan of this show. Uh, personally, my man. Um, for I don't know, like I was not the biggest fan of last week's episode either. I felt like nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. I'm also not a big fan of the animation style they decided to go for. Um, to I, it's fine. It's not my cup of tea. To me, it reminds me very much of like Resistance for Star Wars. Yeah, and I, I'm like, that's not the animation style I like. That's not really a compliment, there, man. It's it's not. It's I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying it's good either. Yeah. Um, I gave this show the three episode watch. Um, I don't think I'm going to continue watching it, honestly. Whoa. Unless something comes out that says, hey, this is really good. I just, I just feel bored when I'm watching well, these. What if the next one is Agent Mobius seeing Lightning McQueen, Jebediah, his wedding crasher self? Like, what if, what if that's the next episode? Would you watch it? Oh, I'll praise the I'll praise the fuck out of that. I'll say it's that's all. Yeah, just it's all an Owen matter. Wilson cinematic universe episode. 
Yeah, dude, yeah. that's exactly what I'm goes, saying. Chow, I just drives away. Yeah, yeah. I he can gets see in that Lightning happening. McQueen. Oh, I can see that happening if he's cast in Free Guy too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I don't know, David. Have you have you been watching What If? Did you watch this episode? No, it seems like uh, just unnecessary for someone like myself. But uh, you know, I, I I'm glad it exists though for people who want to like play in that imaginary world of What If. You know, it's fine. You know, it's yeah. It just exists, like you said. It just exists. You know, this is yeah. the one thing I can sit back and enjoy. And if it gets spoiled, fuck it. You know, right. I don't have to worry about this show. And I'm kind of thankful for it. It's finally a casual viewing experience on Disney Plus that I can enjoy because everything I'm just waking up early, watching on my lunch break, just so I can avoid spoilers. Except for this show, finally. My facts, facts, bro. Um, up next for shows, <clears throat> the new episode, which is kind of weird because last season they did one episode per episode for Mandalorian. Today we got the second episode, and I guess the finale of season two of the... Jesus. Shut the fuck up, dude. God, I'm, I'm sick of your goddamn negative attitude towards this fucking show. Fuck you, Danilo. I'm muting your ass. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. So anyway... <laughs> We did get episode two of Star Wars The Mandalorian Gallery, and this episode's all about the making of the finale of season two of Mandalorian. Curtis, did you get a chance to watch this? I did. Okay. Um, anything behind the scenes I'm kind of super into. Okay. Um, seeing Mark in The Return of the Jedi garb again, you know, was really cool. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's really cool. Because I didn't know he, he was the body for it from a good majority of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Um, take that with a grain of salt, you know, depending on what you, whether you like this, the scene with Luke in it or not, but I don't know, the more he seemed, Mark was, seemed a lot more happier to be in that, like, 10 second role, barely even being noticed, than he did the entire sequel trilogy. He just yeah. looks like so much, he's like, I understand what this character wants, I know what yeah. I'm doing, I can play this. I'm glad you brought that up because um, they they bring it up that or not January excuse me December of 2019 the same fucking month Rise of Skywalker came out is when they were work they started working on this um, this scene where they went to Mark's house they brought the full costume there they brought the the, the Grogu puppet with them so all the 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 you know the the ending of the saga not just the chili but of a fucking saga was being released, Mark Hamill's at home like, nah, fuck you guys, I'm about to play Luke Skywalker again properly. And that, that brought some joy to my heart, honestly, dude. Um, this whole episode is is supposed to be about the finale, right? In reality, it's the one scene. And I'm fine with that. Um, did You said you watched last season, correct? Curtis? Was that Danilo? No, Danilo's muted. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I did watch that. It's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, I have. It's been a while since I saw the first one. Okay, but you you enjoyed it, right? You said. Yeah, like I said, anything Star Wars behind the scenes, especially with Dave Filoni mm-hmm. involved, I'm super for. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy to see the attention detail going to this. We know we they had the uh, oh, what's it fucking called? The room. The the green screen. God damn it. Oh. I'm I'm blanking, but I know what you're Fucking talking about. Christ, David, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm not sure. D- are you you haven't been watching this, have you? 
No. Okay. God, what is... That's going to bug me. God damn it. Why do we have to record during this? Video green screen room. Fucking Christ. What is it called? Not Mango. Mando. Ah, oh. the Mangalorian. <laughs> Mangalorian. Uh, what is it called? Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Uh, the... the, 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 the what is this technology? The volume. Yeah, the volume. Is. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was awful. Uh, see, we know, like, you know a lot of last season we got to see some of the volume stuff. And in this episode, we see some techniques um, with a piece of equipment called the egg, which was really cool. And it's basically this big, this this chair you sit in, and it is surrounded 360 by thousands of LED light panels going around you. So they can recreate different lighting effects um, for whatever scene going on to do face capturing for some of this de-aging technology and it gets really in in depth with the de-aging stuff which is interesting and we see some marvel comparisons as well um i would have liked to see some other comparisons i, I know they don't have the rights to show it but i would have been neat to see some of the comparisons for robert de niro for the irishman for that de-aging effect honestly but it's it's insane the amount of effort that went into this very short scene honestly um, it, it, you know, it, it was nice seeing Mark Hamill actually smile on screen about playing this beloved character again. Um, and I, you know, we see John Favreau basically tear up on camera talking about how happy he was to not only direct this scene and this was the highlight of his entire career, but he was so thrilled to even have R2 on set. You know, this, yeah. this was awesome, man. And what was absolutely mind blowing to me is how, Dave and John got away with keeping this a secret for so long. And they even say in the episode, you know, Rosario got leaked, Tamira got leaked, like everything got leaked in this fucking show. They had no clue how it got leaked. But this is the one thing they're proud of because they were able to mask Luke as Plo Koon and to cover their tracks with that because Filoni knows, the fan base knows what he likes. So he's like, I'm going to use Plo Koon and people would just be like, oh, that's because it's Dave's favorite character. But not only that, he created fake concept art with Plo Koon in the scene. And so when they recorded the scene of Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, they went ahead and they put a fake CGI Plo Koon head on top of Mark to hide it within the databases in case it got leaked out. Nice. Which is brilliant, man. Ugh. It was fucking awesome. But to be honest, this makes me want to see a live-action Plo Koon again. Yeah. Now that we've yeah. got that there. It'd be cool, man. I love watching this. This was th this was heartwarming for sure. I love the hell out of it. Yeah, same. Gotcha. Um, I guess I'll unmute this little fucker now. Danilo, you didn't watch <laughs> this, I assume, did you? Yeah, this is the worst fucking thing. What you guys were just saying was probably just making my ears bleed. This isn't good storytelling at the end of the day. It's not. It's fan service just shoved down your throat for no reason, just so Mark Hamill can have a little heart on so he can play the character he loves. Doing something new with the character is good writing. Yeah, Keeping you the like the fucking the Last Jedi, dude. Shut the Keeping fuck the up. <laughs> it's an awful show, bud. An at the end of the day, it's an awful show. Okay, buddy. Not good anymore. But quit, oh, sucking by the Ryan, way, quit sucking Ryan Johnson's oh, by the dick. Way, <laughs> didn't we get <laughs> this little fucker? God damn it! 
Hey, is it? Did it? Uh, I don't know what this little bug keeps doing, man. Christ's sake. <laughs> when all this. Yeah. We only talk about good scenes in Star Wars on this show here. Unlike The Last Jedi, which is pretty awful. He just keeps on talking. This little fucker is muted. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and skip on to Stream of the Week, guys. Up. What was there, that? What was that, buddy? But isn't there a report that came out ago, a while ago, that said a Jedi was going to be in this? In in the show? Yeah, when everything was getting leaked, wasn't there one rumor that said there was a Jedi that was supposed to be in it? Like, I'm talking... Remember when yeah, we were dude, saying, like, episode was one teases a Jedi in it. The fuck are you talking about? No, that's some other known Jedi is going to be in it, not Ahsoka. No, I don't remember this leak at all, if there was a leak. I don't either. You don't? No, I don't remember this at all. So they, when they were saying Bosk was going to be in it, uh, it was that one. I remember they the Bosk one. I do yeah, remember it was, that. They, but they listed like fucking 50 other people trying to be in it. I remember and they Bosk said Ahsoka. and Sabine because everyone thought, uh, uh, what's her fucking face? Not Sasha Banks was Sabine. Yeah, yeah, but they I thought there was a leak that said back back when all the leaks were happening when everything was getting leaked mm-hmm. that another Jedi was going to be in this cuz I thought we talked about Plo Koon for a minute. I a thought after the ago. show ended, Dave brought up the Plo Koon thing. That's when we talked about him? Cuz I think we brought that up when we on like I think it was like our second episode where we talked about the entire season 2 of Mandalorian. Yeah. I thought we brought that up because Dave had recently talked about it. Okay, see I thought that was before the season started. No, I don't. We I don't think so. At least that. I might be misremembering, but I do remember the Bosk thing because that was yeah. the whole Sabine leak. Um, that was also when Tamira was rumored to play Rex in the show as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once Rosario got leaked out, but Rosario was the big one for sure. Oh yeah. Um, gosh. But yeah, dude, I love watching this little gallery thing. It's neat, it, dude. Don't they do the egg thing for the video games too? That's a different piece of technology. Okay. Yeah, this and, is just oh, it's similar, but they're both very expensive. Yeah. For De Niro's, I watched the Irishman de-aging thing. For De Niro's, mm-hmm. they just use different cameras. Oh, really? Yeah, they were. Fo- they had like four different cameras going. See, with this, Scorsese um... was talking, saying how it's like so impossible to direct someone. He's like, because he wasn't used to that. He's like, you have to, you know, have your eyes look this way, mm. but you're gonna have a camera there as well. So don't try and look into the camera and shit like that. See, with this, what they did was they had uh, the younger guy, who was named Max, actually, I thought it was pretty funny. They had the younger guy playing Luke, who'd come in, because they also had Mark Hamill do almost all the, the movements as well. So different shots as Mark, different shots as, as the younger, as the Max guy. They had him and Mark film the exact same scene, right? And then they had both of them get into the egg to try to merge their faces together, almost. And then they went ahead and they used from archive footage, from 4K restoration footage of the original trilogy, and from interviews, different images of Mark Hamill to create some sort of an AI to match over both of their faces on top on top of the egg footage. And then they went ahead and used um, radio show audio and interview audio and then audio from, of course, all the original trilogy to create an AI voice for the Luke. So Mark Hamill does not voice this Luke technically, which is interesting. Because I remember that was announced that he did voice him. Um, 
It's still yeah. cool nonetheless, man. It's insane the kind of shit that goes on ILM. And they said they had two days to work on this, I believe. One day for Mark and then one day for the other guy. Because I they were so, yeah. filming this the same time. Um, the Robert Rodriguez episode for Mandalorian, which is Boba Fett's return, was being filmed. So the yeah, it is insane, man. <laughs> Two days for this to, to get that work—that's insane. ILM's on a different level, buddy. Truly, man. And like, like I said, I know you had your issues with the show and this episode specifically, but just seeing the the attention to detail and the passion into no, a project like yeah. this is mind blowing. Technical wise, it's fucking beautiful. I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. From a show. I mean, look at their budget, man. Yeah, it's right. It's like what, twenty-five million an episode? I think the nice only thing Disney money. I yeah. think the only thing that could compete with this show, quality-wise, is going to be that Lord of the Rings Amazon show. Same, and they, she said she needed some insane amount of viewers, or her, or the, whoever the showrunner is said they needed some insane amount of viewers to make somewhat of their money back. Yeah, that that thing's fucking mind blowing too, man. Gosh. But give the view, guys, if um if you enjoy The Mandalorian and you enjoy behind-the-scenes work in Star Wars in general, it's a quick 40 minutes, and it's it's wonderful, honestly. But uh, up next, Dream of the Week, I got it this week, I want to talk a little bit about a film called Creep on Netflix. This is a Netflix exclusive. And basically, in this film, a young videographer for hire answers a Craigslist ad for a man uh, who claims he is dying for, of cancer and wants to leave a message to his son before he goes. And as the title suggests, this dude's a fucking creep. So as the, the day goes on and progresses, this man's asking for information from the videographer, he's getting closer towards him, and he's exposing a darker side of his life to this random stranger, basically. Uh, and then a series of events follows. Um, it's good, man. Honestly, it's in a quick hour and I think 15 minutes, too. Um, it has a sequel. And it's getting a third one at some point. Give it a watch. It's on Netflix, guys. Creep. But um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and cut to our rating system if you're new to the show. When we come back from our break, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Safety Brothers, Good Time, and Uncut Gems. We'll be right back, guys. Oh, hi, Mark. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number 3. Like you did by the lake on the boo. Number 2. Set your course for the Hawk system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Alright, and we're back for our break. Gonna go ahead and talk about Good Times, starring Robert Pattinson. Danilo, ready to go ahead and give us your, your traditional breakdown, my good sir? I will. It's been a minute since I watched this, but here goes nothing. Oh, okay, boy. Robert and the Safty brother, he plays like a mental kid. Uh... <laughs> Uh, not a mental kid. That's not the right terminology anymore. Like autistic. Yeah, autistic kid. Um, and they go rob a bank, and they get sprayed with some pink shit, and then they're on the run, and they're on the run for the entire movie. And at the end of the movie, Pattinson gets taken, but the brother doesn't. 
That's not at all what happened. <laughs> yes, it is, man. No, dude. Didn't they rob a bank? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And didn't it's not, some? It's not too far off. And didn't some pink shit spray on them? Yeah, yes. dude. Yeah. But in the process of a, of running away, as they're covered with the pink dye from the the bills. Yep. The brother is captured by police, and he's thrown in jail. That's the whole purpose of the rest of the movie. Robert Pattinson has to get $10,000 because the money is, is covered in the dye. It's not good. Only half it's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Or I think 16000 the only good of it, the, the guy was saying, the billman. Yeah. He has to yeah. get $10,000 by the next day so his brother's not killed in jail, basically. He's like, my brother's not going to survive a single night in fucking jail. He's just not. He has to get as much money as possible to save his brother. In the process of trying to get this money, he finds out his brother has been caught up in a fight in jail. He just has ass fucking handed to him. So by the time he, ha- he he almost has the money, he can't bail him out because he's in the hospital now. He's not ready to make bail until he's out of the hospital for God knows how long. So then he has to sneak into the hospital, break his brother out of prison, and then break him out on this like senior citizen transportation van. And he... Ends up in this neighborhood he doesn't live in and has to kind of weasel his way into this old lady's home to keep his brother out of the cold. And so he can, like, recollect himself and make some phone calls to his girlfriend, who's kind of like a sugar mama low-key. And he's doing some shady shit with this 16-year-old girl. In the process of doing this shady shit, the brother wakes up and starts freaking the hell out. But it's not really his brother. It's some random fucking crackhead that he accidentally broke out of the jail. So then we get um, a series of of just some wild-ass shit. So he's like, okay, I gotta bring this crackhead back to the hospital to get my brother out. When they get to the hospital, it's like, oh, the police have caught on to what happened. They're staking the place out. So he takes he takes the car, they go to White Castle, get some fucking sliders and shit. He sends the girl inside to go get the sliders, right? And as she's inside getting the sliders... The crackhead gives a backstory, a little flashback scene of why he ended up there. So basically, he got out of jail a day prior. They drop him off at a liquor store of all fucking places. So what's he going to do? He's going to fucking drink, right? And so as he's drinking, he's partying, he's getting his shit up. He meets up with an old friend of his before he got put in jail. He is a drug dealer. It has a shit ton of acid, a Sprite bottle full of acid. So they're tripping off acid, they're selling drugs and shit in an arcade. In the process, cops get called out from one of the guys buying drugs coming in. So they all freak out because they're tripping their balls off and end up running away. In the process of running away, they end up in this amusement park. They stash the acid, they stash the money they used for the or they received for selling the drugs. And they ran away. Well, old boy, fucking the crackhead, ended up hopping into a taxi. And didn't have any money. So the taxi driver's flying on the fucking road going like 50 or 60 miles an hour, right? And so crackhead dude, he fucking jumps out of the car because he's freaking out and doesn't have any money. Fucks his face up. Ends up in the hospital, right? So Robert Pattinson is like, okay, we're going to the amusement park. We're going to go find the fucking money. Fuck the acid. So they get there. They find the acid but not the money. In the process of finding the acid, the security guard comes out. And he's like, hey, motherfuckers, I'm going to get you, motherfuckers. So they beat the fuck out of the security guard, 
after they beat the fuck out of him, they find out the cops have been called. So the cops show up. Robert Pattinson has to put on the security guard outfit. Fake being a security guard. They drug the hell out of this man, dude. This guy's going to be tripping his balls off for God knows how fucking long. He dumped like half that bottle of ass in <laughs> that guy's mouth. I don't know how he didn't fucking die on the spot, to be honest with you, dude. That's insane to me. Have, ugh. Especially because, um, I personally, I don't know about you, Curtis, I've never fucking done acid. I don't plan to anytime soon either. But usually it's like a little, little spritz, right? On like a piece of paper. That is a textbook worth of acid that went on that man's face. Yeah. So, he's tripping fucking balls. You remember a couple years ago? When we see, when we used to see um, on like Facebook and whatnot, the the zombie videos where it's some dude in a third world country who's just in like a weird like trance state, freaking out, having seizures and shit. That's what yeah. that dude reminded me of, freaking out on that gurney. So they get the money, they get the acid, they dip the fuck out, and they go to the security guard's house to stake out and lay low. Well, crackhead boy, he calls the drug dealer friend. He's like, hey. I got the acid. Homeboy needs some money here. He's going to sell it to you, right? So, drug dealer comes in. He tries to make a deal with Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's like, motherfucker, I got this dog here. If you don't give me 15 G's, this dog's going to bite your fucking head off, and you're not getting my goddamn acid. So, he's like, okay, I'm coming back with the fucking gat. He's going to go get a sawed off and come blow Pattinson's head off. Well, as soon as this man exits the building, Pattinson's like, fuck this, I'm leaving. He gets into a whole altercation with Crackhead Boy. Crackhead Boy loses the altercation. Pattinson's going down to the parking lot. As soon as this man gets in the parking lot, the feds rolls up. He starts darting down the parking lot, drops the acid, it rolls in the parking lot, spills everywhere. And as Pattinson's put in the back of the cop car, feds start pulling up into the apartment building, knocking on the door, kicking the door down. Crackhead jumps out of the window and starts scaling the building and falls off the building. Credits roll, well, after we see a scene of uh, the brother who is taken out of the of jail. He's, he's proven innocent, I'm assuming. We don't see a trial or anything like that. And we see him in some sort of support group. And then the, the film just ends at that point. That's, that's good time for you. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird giving the breakdown, actually. That weird. was pretty much everything that happens, though. You you got through. Yeah, it. yeah, you got you got all of it, man. I just try to give a little brief summary, but I fucking love this movie, do. dude. Straight off the bat, I, yeah, well, I, well, I, I, I can tell, movie. man, just by the way you do give a summary of the entire thing. I I watch Uncut Gems first, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I watched Uncut Gems first, and then I was so fascinated by the the this, the writing and the directing choices of the Safety Brothers, where I was like, I want to see more of this shit found out Good Time was on Netflix about a year ago. I think I've watched this movie six or seven times in the past year. I adore it, dude. Straight off the fucking bat. This is... The Safdie brothers have this way of capturing a a doomed soul, almost. A doomed character in giving an anxiety rush of a film. It's, it's the weirdest way to describe it, but it works so well with these characters where it's a race against time. And you know they're going to fuck up so many times. But it's like a bad train wreck. You just cannot look away. Um, Curtis, how do you enjoy this this movie, this film? I I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, there, 
I don't know. The more I see of Robert Pattinson outside of stuff, the more I like him in. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought The Lighthouse was phenomenal. I really liked him in this. Um, the guy who plays the brother did a very good job. That's Benny Sack, I think yeah. everybody did their, did their job very well. Um, yeah, for a movie called Good Time, nobody's having a fucking good time in this goddamn movie. <laughs> it all just sucks for everybody. And, like, I like how real everyone is portrayed. Like, in a real situation, like, these are probably how they would react. Because mm-hmm. he goes to, his, like, his sugar girlfriend. He goes, hey, I'm only, like, a couple grand off of, like, you know, getting his belt post. She goes, oh, okay. Gets there. The bail bond guy goes, immediately goes, do you have my, like, 15 grand? She goes, uh, well, how much? He goes, hey, don't worry about it. You get it back. Her car gets declined. She's freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> he immediately just goes, fuck this, I'm leaving. And he leaves. And then this whole spiral of shit happens. The only person I feel bad for is, like, the girl. Because she fucking drives these people around. She gets arrested at the amusement park. Mm. And, yeah. I I love this movie. It's so good. (laughs) It's fucking wonderful, man. Um, You brought up Robert Pattinson's acting. It's weird. I think during our Zola episode, David, you were kind of shocked to find out that Neil and I are 21. So I think specifically we're talking about the the soundtrack of American Honey and how we were talking about like, oh yeah, Migos, we heard this this music in middle school and high school. It was fucking great. It was right. a nostalgia trip for it. And you're like, oh, this is weird. You, 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 you don't listen to this music. It's recent for you. Yeah. I grew up in elementary school and middle school with that weird fan base, the weird hype crowd around Twilight. Right, and right. Because I was a boy when Twilight... I think it came out when I was in, like, third grade or fourth grade. Yeah, I hated Twilight. Bad. I just refused yeah. to watch it. Fucking hated it. I won't watch it to this day, dude. And so, right off the bat, growing up, I hated Robert Pattinson, and I hated Taylor Lautner. I just did. Everyone I knew hated these motherfuckers. And that is a thing that stuck with me up until a year ago when I finally watched this movie. Or no, um, yeah, a year ago when I watched this movie. I fucking adore Robert Pattinson as an actor. It's the weirdest thing to me, man. The Safdie brothers saved this actor, in my opinion, from having that that reputation as uh, as Edward from fucking Twilight. Right, um, right. Love him in Good Time, love him in The Lighthouse, uh, love him in Devil all the time. I thought he was one of the best parts of Tenet. Can't wait to see him in The Batman. I'm... I uh, haven't seen High Life yet, but I'm looking forward to watching that at some point. Um, High Life's insane. Um, have you seen The Rover? I have not, no. Oh, my God. He's so good in that. Uh, the mm. Lost City of Z, uh, Maps to the Stars. Um, he He's just one of the best actors working, absolutely. And definitely, I, you know... I, I agree that, you know, you guys certainly were, like, thrust into the whole Twilight thing, whereas I was in college and could completely ignore it if I wanted to. <laughs> but you, it was just inescapable, I'm sure. Uh, but even for for old people like me, um, we, we didn't know Robert Pattinson was this good at first. And it took a long time for the rest of us to come around on him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this was, I think, kind of the awakening for most of us about just how talented he is and just how great of an actor he is. But, yeah, he is turned in so many great performances over the last 10 years um and then you know 
post uh you know post good time i mean like you guys said the lighthouse devil all the time high life also damsel is a great uh, little indie that he's in i've heard about that um yeah he, he's just great in all of these performances i would definitely say the rover is like number one just pick that out as your next movie if you haven't seen it yet yeah i'll add that to my list for sure man i've i've been adoring this dude he's a phenomenal actor um Gosh, Danilo, did you have a similar experience with the whole Twilight thing of Robert Pattinson? No, up? no, I didn't. I was defending this man since the Batman trailer. I said this man will do great. <laughs> yeah, well, since two thousand eight, dude, all the way back. Yeah, then. that's what I'm. But, but what I'm saying is, when Batman got announced as he's the new Batman, everyone was dissing on him, saying he's not he ain't Batman because of Twilight. I'm like, all right, well, how long ago was Twilight? Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, the man has talent. You know, and you could see it from the trailer. And mm-hmm. I, I had full faith in him when there wasn't even a trailer when he got announced as uh, the next Batman. No, I'm, I'm I like Robert. Growing, I like Robert Pattinson. In elementary school, middle school, did you have this thing of Twilight though? Yeah, but I didn't care about it. Like I could shut it off if I wanted to. Okay, dude. That's... Like Robert Pat, like Robert Pattinson, to me was always just an actor. Like okay, he's in Twilight. One movie doesn't define a man's career. It might, but it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was excited for all his stuff. If he was in anything else, you know, I liked him. Same with Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner, I'll watch if he's in anything. Yeah, they have the Twilight stigma to him, and the Twilight movies I don't think are good. I've never watched them per se. Mm-hmm. I was meaning to because they all got added to Netflix, you know, just turn it on one day and just fucking watch them, see, are they really this bad? You know, but I'm not going to torture my soul with that. They're, they're pretty bad. I've seen like two or three of them. They're awful. <laughs> I saw some behind-the-scenes footage without that tint. I didn't know there was a tint to them movies. Yeah. Because I never watched them. So I saw, like, like a like real color to them. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching here? Like, just some behind-the-scenes shit, you know? But I, I've I, seen I the get where you're coming from, though. Of uh, Kristen Stewart? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Kristen yeah, Stewart petting Taylor Lautner when he's okay, in yeah. the mocap. And same with Kristen stuff. Stewart. She has the Twilight stigma to mm-hmm. her. I, I'll go see stuff if she's in it. I have no problem with that if it looks good. You, know? you saw that shitty underwater movie last year. Yeah, I did. Uh, two years ago, wasn't it? That was no, beginning what? of 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, was January. like January. Yep, yep. Yeah, I watched that. I, I thought she was okay in that. I yeah, I remember fine. I gave you shit for it during her top five episode. Yeah, well, that's because I'm afraid of the water. You're afraid of shower, yeah. <laughs> like, that wa- Like I'll never go into the ocean. Fuck that, buddy. You'll <laughs> never see me fly over to Europe or Asia. I- and if I do, it's a one-time stop. I ain't coming back. If I make it once <laughs> over that body of water, I'm not taking my chance again. But anyway, though. Right. What do I think of Good Time? I liked it. Um, Safety Brothers are weird to me. They don't really focus on... A story they kind of focus on a lot of events like mm-hmm. you're only following like your main character you know and then you just randomly throw shit at them where it's believable that you could believe it happens mm-hmm. in this amount of time you know but it's not like a real story that develops it's just events that are happening to them yeah uh, but I find it I think they're very good at creating tension I don't know if that's even the right word but just anxiety they, they're good at creating anxiety is what it is mm-hmm. and it's fast-paced but it doesn't feel fast-paced, which is very weird to me, because Good Time to me feels like the runtime that it says. It really? doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's a fast movie at all, in my eyes. See, for Maybe me, because could... it's like, what, an hour and 40, I think? Yeah, yeah it felt 40. like it was it at least it, yeah. two hours. For me, it feels like 30 minutes, dude. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not in that same boat as you. 
this movie's good. I can appreciate it. It was weird to see the director, though, acting as the... I don't know what the proper term to call the people, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> autistic? Yeah, he's autistic. Yeah, the autistic brother. Mm. Uh, you know, like, that's weird to me. I, I Like, I was taken out of it for a hot minute in the beginning. But I did like his love for the brother. I thought that was probably the best part. And that's, like, obviously his arc. You know, all he's doing is trying to save his brother throughout this entire movie. He couldn't care about anything else. No matter what life throws at him, his main mission, his main dedication is towards his brother. And I thought that was very cool. And I thought they captured that very well. It was um, a real gamble to cast himself as that character. But I I think it really pays off because he does such a damn good job mm -hmm. in that character. Yeah, he for sure does, yeah. I took Benny Safdie playing as the brother as kind of like we talked a couple weeks ago of Suicides, but you weren't there for that. Um, kind of like the same thing with Taika Waititi playing Hitler and Jojo Rabbit, where he's like, okay, I have this role. It might be viewed as offensive for an actor to come and portray this character. I'll do it myself. That's how I viewed it. Because he just wanted this yeah. role. He didn't want it to be um, interfered with one bit. Well, this is before I knew the Safdie brothers. It wasn't because he played that role. It was just because I was like, is that Benny or the other Safdie brother? Oh, okay, I got you. You know, that's why. I, I didn't I didn't care who the fuck he played. It was just, I was like, is that the director playing? Like, <laughs> is, and now is he going to be a main character in this movie? Mm -hmm. You know, is it going to be like that Taika Jojo Rabbit thing? Yeah. That was mainly my concern. I didn't care who the fuck he played. He could oh, play any you. of the fucking characters, from my opinion. Yeah. You know but, he's going to be in Kenobi. I know he is. Now, that's fucking weird. You know what else is in Kenobi that's fucking weird is uh, Ice Cube's son. Nima Kawaji, whatever his fucking name is. The guy in uh, Eternals. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, weird, fucking too. Yeah, fucking blow me, buddy. What a joke. <laughs> that guy's awful, man. He's he awful. Is. Well, we'll talk about something else, though, in a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a couple weeks for Eternals. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, um, oh, I fucking love this movie. Plain and simple. The score's kind of kind of funky for me because it's a little bit of like a, a synth feel. Super synth. I love feel. that. Yeah. I love, I the, love score. the score. Yes, yeah. I'm with David on it. I love it. One oh tricks point never is the the name. Uh, he did both of these films uh, that we're talking. Oh, about okay. Here. Yeah. So, but really cool. Like over, like huge, huge uh, synth based scores, which. I mean, they, they like completely overtake the the scene sometimes, and that that's mm -hmm. you know also. I mean, everything with these guys is a gamble. Seriously, like everything that every decision they make, but to allow a score to overtake everything that's happening is like doesn't always work out well. But I think it works out so well here. It really does, man. Um, especially with some of the close up shots as well on Pattinson specifically, mm -hmm. like uh, when he's in the the old lady's. I forget her name. The older lady's house. And he's sitting in the room with the, the TV static. Like, he's in front of the TV. And just a close-up to the side of his head when it comes in. There's a score as well. Um, it's fucking brilliant, in my opinion. Great editing. Phenomenal directing. I love this fucking movie. I think the Safis are incredibly talented directors. And I cannot wait to see where they're going to go further. We'll talk more about that with Uncut Gems. Um, Curtis, do you have any closing comments on Good Time? No, I just thought it was really phenomenal. I was really surprised by how much I actually really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, no, just really solid. It makes you really feel for Panson that he wants to get his brother out of jail. Even though he's maybe not taking the right means to do that, you feel the bond that he has with him. Yeah, it's which true. That, that was prominent throughout the movie. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. There's really not much to say. I mean, go see the movie, honestly. What do you, what do you rate it, Curtis? 
a solid oh damn <laughs> I would say this is a solid probably a solid Coruscant for me Okay. honestly it's really good I really enjoyed it I'm gonna piggyback man this is a, a fucking I'd, I'd go ahead and say a Death Star dude fuck it this is above a Coruscant Ooh. for me I fucking love this movie I adore it. Um, this is basically a perfect movie, in my opinion. Um, it's not the Safety Brothers' first movie, but to some it kind of is, because their other two films they worked on aren't very well known. Mm-hmm. Um, it restored my faith in Robert Pattinson, and I love him as an actor now, and I think it's a, a wonderful thing when a movie can go ahead and take someone you view as absolute shit and turn them into gold for you. And that's exactly what this movie does for me. Um, it's, it's a Coruscant. I fucking love it. Um, David, wh- wh- any closing comments you have on Good Time? What do you rate this film? Uh, only other thing I would mention, I mean, the character, Pattinson's character, he says it at one point like he feels like a dog. But I, I love the idea that the character is, uh, is so similar to a dog and that it it just, like, exists to to like do the things that it wants to do and mm-hmm. get the things that it wants to get and like at any cost and at any uh you know a- anything that it has to do to get what it needs and i i just always thought that that was such a funny read on the character and it kind of comes right from him himself so i just think that's that's part of the uh just the awesome uh thing that's been put together with the, with this character and this movie itself but um i you're going to have to remind me uh how your rating system <laughs> Oh shit! So, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, number one, and this is one is awful and mm-hmm. five great. Number one is a Jakku, two is a is a Hoth, three is a Naboo, four is Bespin, and five is Coruscant. This is a Coruscant, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. Glad we're on the same yeah. fucking page. Danilo, yeah. how about you? What are your closing comments? I liked it. The score is what sells it for me. Uh, mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Like it's something. There's only there's only three scores in my life I could say that I felt like in my soul, mm-hmm. and that's the Safdie's brothers score, the uh, Ari Aster score, mm-hmm. and then um, the guy who did Sicario, his score. David Ayer. Johan Johansson. Uh, yeah, that one. And that, oh. and that those are the three scores where I'm just like, like I feel that like in my gut like you feel that mm. um the score is what sells it for me the story is I, I don't think the story is the best i do enjoy the story though like it's a fun it it's a good time like if you're watching a movie in my opinion but it's yeah. not which is weird um i don't wait i i rate this as like uh what do you call it like a a half of a naboo on its way to a half of a best spin because it's not a four, like it's a bit better than a four, so I guess half a Bespin, whatever that would be. Bespin going on its way to Coruscant, is that what we call it? Yeah, yeah, okay. You, yeah, must, yeah, you made yeah, no yeah. sense at first. I was like, yeah. what the fuck are we talking like a about? Be- yeah, like a Bespin, <laughs> somewhere around. I'm just saying, like around there, it's like a Bespin, or it's like a ha- like a Bespin on its way to Coruscant. It's not one of my favorite movies, but I do appreciate uh, almost all of it. Okay, I-, I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, dude. Good Time's fucking phenomenal. If you guys haven't watched this and you have a Netflix account, I don't know what the hell you're doing for life. It's it's great. Watch this fucking movie. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Uncut Gems. Nilo, go ahead and uh, give us the breakdown of this one at least. 
Okay, so Adam Sandler, this cocksucker who's only done like two serious movies, Punk Dr- Punch Drunk Love and this one. Which we also talked about in the show a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, we did. We did mm-hmm. talk about that one. Um, He's a, what what, what do they call him? A jewel? A jewel? A, a jewel. jewel? A jewel what? A jeweler. A jeweler. You're trying to like pronounce uh, Jew. I was like, what are you? No, no. A <laughs> he jeweler. is that too. Yeah, he is he that too in the is. film. Um... <laughs> Not the guy who's ripping the darts, um, the guy who has the gems, you know, and he kind of just owns a pawn gem shop who he gives to high elite people. Uh, I, I, what's the basketball player's name? Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Jesus Christ, how the fuck do I not know this shit? You know, he's he's loaning out a jewel to him, and he's wheeling and dealing with someone else because he's trying to make his jewels just, I don't know, he loves this, he loves this gem that came in from some... Ethiopian third world country or some shit the like black that. Black Jews, they mind it, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. so shit like that. It's a black opal. But uh, the basketball player wants it because he thinks the black opal is like giving him good powers. And but Adam Sandler's caught up in like betting with his family members and other people. But his family members, he owes money to them, so he's trying to get them money. But he's also trying to wheel and deal with the gems to get the most money he can out of all of them. And he goes to an auction, but the auction doesn't allow it because he was doing some bullshit before that. But then he gets it back, and he's ready to give it at the auction. And it it's just a lot that's happening with some gem, a Jew, and some money. And at the end of the day, he makes a bet. He shoots for the stars, and he lands amongst them once he gets shot in the face. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. A Jew, gems, and money. That's... <laughs> That could be a bumper sticker right there, dude. What more could you ask for in a film, right? Right. <laughs> With basketball. My bad. With basketball. With basketball. And the weekend. And, and a cheating wife. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? And a cheating wife. <laughs> Mia Mia Fox, is that her name? Julia Fox. What do you mean cheating wife? That was his, that was his mistress. She He was cheating on his wife. Oh, yeah. That, my bad. My, reverse the And then my she bad, cheated bro. on him with the weekend. Yeah. Sick. Sick. Dude, do you remember? Oh, I forget what episode it was. My buddy walked out of this. Oh, sorry. I forget what episode it was, dude. But Dakari brought up in the middle of recording. He was like, "I see Julia Fox is pregnant. It's not mine." <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, that guy. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, my buddy walked out of this movie because he said it was bad. Your brother's, yeah, your brother's I'll never, an idiot. I'll never take a movie recommendation from him in my entire life. <laughs> um, like, sick, dude. I was happy for Adam Sandler when I saw this movie, to be honest with you, man. I'm like, finally, you're doing something that's respected. You're mm-hmm. not being laughed at. This is your time, Adam, and you know what? I'm happy for you. Do I think it was Oscar-worthy back then? No, and I still will say it's not Oscar-worthy to this day. Go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm see- he just it's a serious performer that's the only reason why he was ever considered for that anyway though besides the point it's a great performance he puts in it's a hell of a story man mm-hmm. I, I just I would and this movie felt like it was 20 minutes yeah I, I don't there's a lot to say about this film man I'm struggling right now but it was fucking sick dude I want to ask you guys this because growing up yeah the, fire away bro fire away just the, like the Russian did in Adam Sandler's face fire away bro <laughs> I was like, where's this conversation going? You struggle with the Jews, now you're struggling with the Russians. <laughs> they were Russian, right? I don't know what the fuck that guy was. Why don't you ask oh, him, Oh, yeah, then they, then they put him Some naked kind of in the fucking car. 
Bro, if I saw Adam Sandler's dick in this, I would have just lost my fucking mind. Not in a good way. No homo. Okay. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with being a homo. Um, let me guys. Let me ask you guys this because growing up, I had those like non-religious friends who would do this every Christmas. Did you guys ever see a movie in theaters on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah my bad. We, my we bad. did all the time. So really, I okay. You were coming out with another question to ask that. Like, do we sell ju- like jewels and stuff to people? It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like, no, no, don't, do don't do that. I don't know what planet you're on. <laughs> But you guys have all seen movies, like, on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. weird. Like, for me, like, that was the thing we weren't allowed to do. We did not see a movie on Christmas Day. This is my only Christmas Day movie experience. It was Uncut Gems. Oh, that's a good um, I've, It was weird because it was opening Christmas Day at my theater, yeah. even though it came out, like, a week prior to regular theaters. So I saw it Christmas Day. I took my mom, I took my ex-girlfriend and her mom out to see this movie. And it hold a special place in my heart for fucking forever as my Christmas movie. I got to see Adam Sandler uh, fuck over so many goddamn people in the world. It's amazing, dude. Um, I've like, I'm pretty sure other people feel the same way as I did about Robert Pattinson. I've always loved Adam Sandler. Did I ever take him serious before this movie? Fuck no, dude. But I think this movie redeemed adam sandler the same way good time redeemed robert pattinson for me personally um his performance is is phenomenal um i think he at least should have been nominated for an academy award other than the he was he won the any spirit award because he gave that that great speech yeah. i um, agree with being nominated i do agree with that my bad at least nominated because i do think yeah, best performance for sure nominated 20, i think best performance 2019 was joaquin for sure. Yeah. I think that award was well done. Um, speaking of Joaquin, Joker is my favorite movie of 2019 until this came out. This blew Joker away for me, dude. This is my favorite movie of 2019. Um, Lakeith Stanfield's in it. I love Lakeith from Atlanta and from Sorry to Bother You. I know I keep speaking so much about John David Washington and how he's my, my favorite up-and-coming actor. Lakeith Stanfield is also up there as well for me. Um, he keeps knocking out of brilliant performances and just keeps coming in like some weird roles. He was Snoop Dogg in Cheryl to Compton. He, um, I forget his character's name in Get Out, but he was the, the first brainwashed guy you see in Get Out as well. Yep. Um, like yeah, I said, titular line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, gosh, in Atlanta, knives out. he is a Knives Out. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I believe his fan is phenomenal. Um, who would have thought Kevin Garnett can kind of act, which is odd. He, he's not bad in this. He, I mean, he, he certainly acts like a basketball player because he is. He's not giving an a, amazing performance, but he's at least natural about it. Um, seeing The weekend's cool, and again, ties back into that American Honey thing we were just talking about. I, I heard The weekend a lot in middle school and high school. So it was kind of nice to see a little bit of spotlight. He never really left necessarily because uh, Starboy is a pretty big album, but it was kind of cool to see him in that spotlight again. Um, Julia Fox, I mean, she's pretty hot, so I like her character. <laughs> but man, Adam Sandler fucking kills it. Uh, this movie made me want to go ahead and watch Punch Drunk Love. I absolutely adore 
everything about this movie. I have the fucking movie poster in my goddamn hallway right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about Uncut Gems other than that. This is the best movie to come out of 2019. It is... I'm so thankful it's being added to the Criterion Collection. Um, it's one of my favorite A24 movies. I don't think it's my, my top A24 it's definitely up there, though, in the top, like, three or four, I'd say. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what the Safties do after this film. I just can't, man. They, they're phenomenal directors. Um, I'm also struggling to think about what else to fucking say, dude, because this movie's phenomenal in every way, shape, form. Uh, the score isn't as synthy as Good Time, but it's still a bit, like overwhelming it takes over the movie in certain scenes and i feel it in my stomach almost and it helps create that anxiety for the film um the last you know five to ten minutes this movie's fucking insane where he has the bet he know he's gonna win he sends julia fox to fucking to, to vegas i think right was it the vegas or was it um yeah. It's Vegas. Okay, he sends him Vegas. fucking Vegas to place the bet. He locks himself, or he locks the the brother, or no, the cousin and his little fucking mobster dude in the glass room between the two entryways of the jewelry store shop. He puts a chair out, watches the basketball game in front of these fuckers for the entirety of the game. He lets him out, and as soon as he does, he gets pistol whipped and shot in the fucking face after he wins the bet. The game-winning bet, dude. And when you, when this man gets shot in the face, it hits you in the chest. Just like when um, Joker shoots Robert De Niro in the face. You feel that bullet hit that man's head, in my opinion, dude. It catches you. Like, you, you see it coming a mile away. You know they're going to do something bad to him. You don't want to see it, but you know it's going to happen. But it's still shocking. And that's something special this movie captures. I fucking adore every bit of this movie. 100%. Um, David, do you have any additional comments on Uncut Gems? Well, I think that ending is so, so perfect. It's one of the best endings uh, of any movie in recent memory because mm -hmm. this guy rode that line and went out completely on top, basically. Like, there's no other movie that you've ever seen that happen in where somebody just gets everything they've ever wanted and then dies immediately <laughs> it's just such an interesting like unique ending um this movie we did do an episode of piecing it together on it and got into a lot of the uh movies and filmmakers that may have inspired it and uh you know we talk about a lot of you know of course scorsese uh altman aronofsky like uh, all, all these different filmmakers that i think were a big influence on the kind of um sustained anxiety that we've been talking about between both of these movies but especially i think in this one mm. uh yeah i i agree it, it's it's if not my favorite one of my favorite movies of 2019 i also i've talked about this with with people before um i i sometimes try to think about like what movies from like the current time will still be talking about in like 30 40 50 mm -hmm. years and the way we talk about classics from the 70s or whatever i think this above anything else is the movie we'll still be talking about in like 50 years from now i completely agree man i cannot i'm going to give your uh piecing together episode a listen on monday or sunday at work i listened to your free guy episode today or yesterday actually nice. um which i know sidetracked dude fucking i blew my mind i didn't make the connection to lego movie right away to be honest oh yeah it's like I, the same character 
It is, dude. That's mind-blowing to me. But, I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back to the Uncut Gems. Yeah, dude, I agree. This is something that's we're going to talk about for real later down the years. Um, the the line where uh, Howie Howard, it was played by Adam Sandler, he, he makes a comment, he makes a line, he says, um, this is history right here. Right, and that's the right. best way to describe this movie, in my opinion. Um, I fucking adore it. Yeah, I knew this movie was going to be something special. I hate to be sucking off Scorsese. But when I saw that Scorsese produced it, mm-hmm. you don't see him on a lot of things you know, anymore and producing it. Very little does he go out of his way to help produce a film. And we saw he denied Joker of that same year. Mm-hmm. So then to see him help produce this movie, I was like, now that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it really, really, you know, got my Which, brain. By turning. the way, he's producing uh, next month the card counter from Paul Schrader. Uh, I so I saw that. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. Yep, I'm excited. Yeah. Gosh, man, this movie's something for sure. Um, Curtis, any any other comments on Uncut Gems? Uh, I don't think I do. I mean, it's one thing, especially on podcasts where we talk about lots of different kinds of movies. To where you can bash a bad movie for hours and hours. But when you truly have like something of this caliber, you don't get a lot of material besides this movie's phenomenal <laughs> and everything a part of it was near perfection. I've because to be frank, no one in this movie is a good person whatsoever. No, not they're at all. all just scumbags. Yeah. Um to bring this out, um, it reminded me of, I found this movie long ago, and I don't know why it just came into my head. Did you guys ever see the movie Lakeview, uh, Lakeview Terrace? No. I've never seen that, okay. no. It's a very it's a very kind of like similar theme kind of movie to where it's about these two neighbors who just like hate each other. And it's like very uncomfortable, and you get like the side of like, oh, maybe he's doing it for this reason. Everyone's like so unlikable, but you keep watching because you want to know what, like, the, what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. And that's the vibe I got from this. And I... So... Who would have thought that, like, Pappy Gilmore or Billy Madison, Adam Sandler could turn this good of a, of a performance <laughs> to where, in the year of 2019, people could have been like... People were mad that he was not nominated for an Oscar. I don't think 20, 30 years ago, you could have said that about Adam Sandler, like, at all. Yeah, man. So, I agree. <laughs> I don't know. It's... I don't know. It's... It's a phenomenal movie that I think is definitely going to be a, uh, well, David was saying that we talk about for a couple, probably like a couple more generations of people. It's definitely a movie that you watch to uh, be like, you want to watch a good fucking movie? Here's Uncut Gems. Yeah. Totally agree, man. Um, Gosh. Let's go ahead and rate this thing, dude. Um, Right off the fucking bat for me. Absolute Coruscant. It's a perfect movie in my opinion. Both of these are phenomenal. Um... The Safdie brothers are my favorite up-and-coming directors. Honestly, I cannot wait to see what else these guys are going to produce and create. Um, and we know Benny Safdie's doing more acting, which is crazy. And I can't wait to see where that goes further. Um, this is a duo I love, and I hope I continue to love. Uh, Danilo, what is what is your rating for Uncut Gems? Uh, this is a straight Coruscant. I, I love an ending like this. Uh, I never thought about it in the way that David was talking about where, you know, he hits that high life and mm-hmm. he just dies after. I never saw that until he just said that. But I think nice. that that's phenomenal. Um, I liked it because was, he was unredeemable. Throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie, there was nothing that made you want this character to be like, 
to hit that high life, you know? So I was happy when he died at the end. Everyone was right. like, I was in the theater and everyone was like, really? Like, come on. But I was like, well, that's how the movie should have ended. You know, it didn't, I hate when movies do the cheap out. Oh, it's a movie. We want to leave everyone with a nice, happy feeling. He won it. He gets the money. You know, big fucking whoop. No, kill the motherfucker, dude. So I was happy when he bit the dust. I'm like, finally, dude. An mm. ending that's like pinpoint perfect. Yeah, it's, it's a shake chorus on for me. From down to the score, you know, someone needs to explain why he opened up with a colonoscopy. Hopefully, the Criterion Collection goes into that. Because <laughs> uh, that's, that's a weird way to open the film where we go through someone's inside, but okay. Yeah, a little bit. A so, little bit. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Curtis, what about you? Uh, this is another curse on for me. Because um, I watched these two back to back, and I'm like, man, these are both solid, solid films. I was trying to think of like, well, what is what are nitpicks or something that I don't look for on Cut Gems? And mm-hmm. I really couldn't think of anything. I'm like, oh, maybe this, but then I'm like, nope, that's how this character would do that. That's how they portray it. I'm like, well, that's it. Because nothing's ever perfect. Right? And But when you get something so close to it, it's it's something special, for sure. So it's a straight curse on for me, for sure. It is something special, man. That's 100% right on the, on the dot for me. Um, David, what about you? Uh, Kurosan for me as well. I, I still uh, cannot decide which of these two movies I like more, but uh, over the last couple of years, I, I'm starting to lean towards Uncut Gems as my, my number one between the two of them. I mean, it's it's just, it's a classic. I I agree with that, man. I also have a hard time figuring out what the which one I like more, because they're both, they, they don't feel like uh, the duration of the actual runtime for me. They're both mm. easy watches. I can watch them back to back, and it'll feel like an hour, which is insane yeah. to me. Not very many movies make me feel that way, especially on a rewatch. Because usually when you're rewatching it, you don't got to look at the time. You know, oh, this scene's at 40 minutes. This scene's at an hour and five. You know what I'm saying? But this movie, it just it goes by so quick. I love it. I adore this movie. Um, yeah, the fa- I fucking great it. The family dynamic is, I think, what was a nice twist in this. Like, yeah. you knew he owed him money, and then when they sat down at dinner, that quick cutscene, you're like, is that the guy who, he just got, mm-hmm. you know, he just threw naked in the fucking car? You know, was that the guy who called the guy, the, the dogs on him, basically? Like, that was <laughs> sick. I was like, now that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being thrown naked in the back of a car? At a high school? Yeah. You're a child predator. Yeah, that's a whole charge right there, dude. Yeah, but that's like stage four. That's a charge per person already who catches you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Holy um, fuck. Before we wrap this up, I do want to go ahead and ask, has anybody else here seen the other Safety Brothers film, Heaven Knows What? I watched it, yeah. Okay. Daniela, have you? It sounds familiar for some reason, but I doubt it. Um, Curtis, how about you? I have not seen it, but I have heard of it. Okay, what's... Dave, do you want to briefly talk about this with me real quick? Sure, sure, this yeah, I mean... talking Safety. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean, it has some similar energy to, you know, what they've done in these two movies. It's a mm-hmm. little different, though, um, you know, a little bit more... Uh, less showy, I would say, than, <laughs> than these two movies. Not huge performances or anything like that. Not, nothing that's going to... Uh, make you, you know, want to, like, scream from the rooftops how these guys are just, like, the most, you know, some of the most exciting filmmakers out right now. But still a really good movie, though, if you want to, like, mm. recap it for people. Yeah, um, 
this one's a little odd. So from my understanding, the research I've done in this film, I believe the Safties were filming their Lenny Cook documentary or one of their mm. short films. And they're approached by this woman who was a drug addict, a homeless woman living on the streets, whatever. And she's coming up to them, giving them their sob story. And this is all from my understanding, by the way. So this whoever, which one of the Safties is like, you know what? Quit telling me your sob story. Write this down and make a book. And so she does. She writes a book about her life story. And that's what this film is. So once she publishes the book, whatever Safdie finds her, approaches her, it's like, hey, I want to make a screenplay out of this because we told you to make this book. And so they did. And that same drug addict homeless woman plays herself in this film. And it is basically her life story for at least a couple weeks or a month or so. I forget exactly the duration of what time period this takes place in and for how long it takes place. Um, but most of it's true. From my understanding, the only thing that is kind of based off what she thinks happened is what the end result of the the boyfriend, who I forget his name. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing a blank. Um, but this movie... Uh, yeah, I don't remember the name, but Kelly Landry Drones plays him. And, yeah. Uh, he, he's good. He's a good actor, actually. He's, mm-hmm. he's been good in some stuff. This movie's kind of slice of life-ish more than anything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, Reminded me of Kids a lot. I have not I seen Kids. Oh, Kids Kids is a classic from the 90s. Um, but yeah, definitely, like, just like like you said, a slice of life and, like, just that that dirty, like, just the world of, you know, junkies, basically. And, it, I mean, this mm-hmm. movie is kind of a, a pretty big bummer, to be honest. It is. But the, it, but, the opening but well scene's made, her slashing her wrist open. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, to nearly fucking put your head up. The opening fucking scene, dude. This movie sounds interesting now. It's a bummer, yeah. man. Yeah. It's oh. it's worth checking out, though, definitely. You don't get that necessarily anxiety rush with this one. Right. Um, you can tell... I don't even want to say that. Like, It feels from their style, compared to Good Time and Uncut Gems, that at this point in their career, they hadn't found their footing yet as filmmakers. Right, right. But at the same time that's what gives us a bit more charm is that you get to see them evolve as directors, in my opinion. Um, I don't want to... Also, Necro's in it, by the way. Who? Um, Necro, the the murder rapper. (laughs) Oh! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You you brought it up a second ago. This is the life of a junkie, really. Yeah. Um, she's in this incredibly abusive relationship with this this other drug addict, and at some point she tries to leave. She comes back. She's living in. She kind of rents a room in almost a hostel. It looked like in this. Yeah, I would say so. It, it was a weird thing. Like it was her room was the size of like a mattress, and it was above someone else's room. It's weird, but. Give this movie a fucking shot, guys. Um, I don't want to dive too much into it because it's not a main topic film. But if you enjoy Good Time and Uncut Gems, check out Heaven Knows What just for the hell of it. Um, It's different, for sure. Keep that in mind. Um, I'm not going to rate it, but I love it. (laughs) Did you? um, it was was good. Did you ever watch the Lenny Cook documentary? That I haven't seen yet, no. Okay, I haven't either, but it's on the Criterion channel, so I plan to at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I know some of their short films are as well. 
Um, and they did a couple interviews on there odd enough, so I'm very happy. They they built that relationship together, so we're getting that Uncut Gems um, release of Criterion. Um, it sucks it's not a 4K, though. I, I really wish it was, because we have a digital 4K of Uncut Gems. But, yeah, yeah. dude. that I think that wraps it up for um for the Safety Brothers episode, guys. Go see The Night House if you haven't. Oh, Daniil, sorry. I mean, you wanted to talk about what a film you saw this week as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. Um, I saw the Night House. Uh, real quick summary: The truth will surface. Will surface. Directed by David Bruckner, I think. 107 minutes. Reeling from the unexpected death of her husband, Beth, who's played by Rebecca Hall, is left alone in the lakeside home he, uh, the husband, built for her. Soon, she begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. This movie is a great representation of what grief and loss is like. And how your mind just wanders and goes through that entire process. Um, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's Rebecca Hall's one of her best performances to date. Um, I loved it. I mean, it's a total think piece movie. It's really a mind fuck when it gets to the last like hour. You didn't. You don't really know what's going on. You know, for a lot of it, but it, it's phenomenal. Uh, my buddy watched it. He's not into the big artsy fartsy type movies, but he said this was great. So I do recommend going to see that. Um, I gave it, I think, a, a, a best man on its way to Coruscant, mm-hmm. if I remember my tweet correctly. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is. It's a best man going on its way to Coruscant. It's very the emotion. You feel the emotions. It's more mind horror than actual horror. It does have horror okay. elements to it though too, which is very. It, it's it's a great film. I'm, I'll be picking this up on uh, um, physical. This is like one of the three movies this year that I'm picking up on physical so far. So that says something. Because Max knows I rarely pick up a movie on physical. I'm glad you're getting more Criterions. I know you took advantage of that sale this summer. I, I did, yeah. I I've, I've, I just got through a few of them um, the other day, that Piano Teacher movie, dude. What the f- we'll I saw your tweet about that, actually. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about that after, after we finish this. Uh, but yeah. It's a good movie. You should check it out. The Night House. Gotcha, man. I might see it this week in theaters, hopefully, if I get a chance. And watch but, um, the OG Candyman before you see the new one. Yeah, guys. OG next Candyman. week, we're doing That's a plan. Candyman double feature, the original and the new one. Um, so that's going to wrap up for this episode, guys. Curtis, my man, dude, you, you're on this show non-fucking-stop at this point. You're always welcome to come on. It's always a pleasure having you on, bro. Um, where can our listeners find you? Uh, listeners can find me over at Twitch at twitch.tv slash batchjack75. Um, we're getting back into Apex Legends, so I'll be doing a couple streams of that. And then, you know, some random stuff here and there. Um, we're kind of just saving up until uh, some new stuff comes out this year. But, you know, Apex is definitely what we're doing right now. So give me a follow. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. David, it's it's great having you on the show again, man. I know we missed out a chance to get you on for Green Knight a couple weeks ago, but I'm glad mm-hmm. you're able to come on for this episode. Um, and always, you're more than welcome to come on for future episodes, of course. Um, where can our listeners find you, sir? Yeah, th- uh, thanks again for having me. Uh, people can find Piecing It Together wherever they listen to podcasts and follow me on social media at PiecingPod. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. Be sure to check out his podcast, you guys. It is pretty, pretty interesting because you do more of the um, covering, you know, a review of the film, of course, but also what inspires the film, of course. Right. Which is, yeah. I think, incredibly interesting. Um, 
but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Next week, like I said, we're doing that Candyman double feature. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please consider following us on Apple Music, or excuse me, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider leaving us an iTunes review. That really fucking helps us out. Trust us. And you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy of Film. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Peace out. Peace.